Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. If you're new, I'm Katie Sewell. I live in Seattle. My co-host, Tiffany Parks, is in Rome. Let us keep you company. Let's explore this difficult time together. The good and the bad of it. On with the show. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today we're going to start with a clip we received from one of our listeners. One of our new listeners. One of our brand new listeners. So let's take a listen. Hi, Katie and Tiffany. This is Eula from Oakville, Ontario, Canada. We are under lockdown, just like the rest of the world. So I'm a new listener. I discovered uh, you when I heard Tiffany on another podcast. I just love listening to the two of you. So I have trouble sleeping at the best of times and use podcasts to help me sleep. The problem now is that they're all about the coronavirus. I noticed that you have over 300 episodes, so I've gone back to the beginning of yours when you first started them in Rome. They're absolutely wonderful and take my mind to something else for a little bit so that my mind can relax. I just listened to the one called Sound from July 2014 when you're walking around Rome listening to all the wonderful sounds of the city. It really made me feel good. Keep up the good work, you two, and thank you. Thank you so much for sending that in. So she mentions, Tiffany, that one of the episodes she was just listening to is the episode Sound from yes. Rome. I think it's like episode number 22, 21, somewhere way back in the day. I don't know how you remember the exact number, but that is one of my favorite episodes too. Yeah, that was the very first episode that we did in our Five Senses series, which when we took to the streets of Rome to wander about and explore the sense of hearing, smell, taste, all those fun things. So, so it's a good reminder that if you're getting a little coronavirus fatigue and you're a relatively new listener we have all these episodes back in the past, which I would say do not seem old. Like, I don't think they are just because they happened five years ago doesn't make them feel like they're not any more interesting today when I listen back to them. No, not at all. I mean, Rome. Rome's eternal. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't change that much what it sounds like. Except now, it probably sounds very different right now. How much would you love, Katie, to take a walk with me with your recording equipment and walk through the city of Rome and tape it? I mean, it would be amazing right now. It'd be all Nizone and birds. Yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> the fountains are turned off, right? Well, you know, I, I don't even... I think they are. I think most of them are, I would imagine. You know, I haven't been out to check, but also the sound of the fire trucks going through, the fire vehicles going through, telling everybody to get inside. <laughs> right, exactly. So that was just a reminder that you can be with us in the present day, you can be with us in the past, and, uh, you know, there's over 300 episodes, so there's a lot of entertainment while you're stuck in, inside. And uh, I believe next week, we're, we're going to aim for next week anyway, Tiffany and I are going to take you on a virtual walking tour of Rome. I'm so excited. <laughs> to the magic of radio, as we used to say, we're going to take you to the streets of Rome, even though we're all stuck inside. So that's next week. But this week, some interesting developments have happened in I Italy. Yes. So today is day 42 of the Italian quarantine. You stuck inside the vast majority of the time. Yep. So what's changing, if anything? Well, first I should point out that we are supposed to get the official 
phase two plans any day. They've been saying it for three or four days that we were going to have it tomorrow. So since we are taping, you know, a couple days in advance, there might be updates that happen after the taping of this episode. So you can check your paper for that. But as of right now, all signs point to an opening up or a loosening of restrictions starting May 4th. And they're saying that May 4th should be the beginning of phase two, but it's not official. And so anything could happen. They could be like, you know what? (laughs) We're going to lengthen it. We're going to keep it until May 30th. I mean, we don't know. Right now, we're looking at phase two starting May 4th. There have already been a couple of very, very minor loosenings. So one of the things that has changed is um, bookstores are now open and they open children's clothing stores, which I'm sure is a huge relief to parents of little kids whose kids grow out of their clothes in the matter of months. Um, It's even a relief for me because (laughs) I was looking through Aurelio's clothes and every single pair of his sweatpants have holes in them repaired multiple times and I'm like finally I can buy the kids some new sweatpants (laughs) and bookshops though you can't go in and browse in the bookshop you have to know exactly what you are looking for and you can go in but it's one or two people at a time like the pharmacies so you have to know exactly what you want or you can call ahead and as of the day this airs April 20th you have to wear masks in public it is obligatory So those are the things that have been changing now. What's going to happen in phase two? We have a lot of ideas. We have a lot of people talking about things, but we, and even people in the government. So it's not just rumors. It's like actual things that they've said, but it's not official. So it's so frustrating because we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. What are some of the uh, rumors or the things that they're saying? Well, they're saying that the first things to change are that, you know, people can move around the city. They don't have to stay home. But what's going to probably stay the same is you're not going to be able to assemble even in a piazza. You're not going to be able to sit around with a couple of people on a park bench, but you can go places. You can take a longer walk. You can hopefully, crossing my fingers, take a walk in a different neighborhood. You can go to work. I think non-essential businesses are going to start reopening. Now, which ones I don't know first. You know, I think they'll probably start opening warehouses and industry first, but eventually, you know, offices are going to start coming up, uh, opening up. But I think what they're going to try to do, and everything that I say, take it with a big grain of salt because I don't know anything for a fact and no one does, but they're saying that they might have people coming in on different days. Like you work from home a few days for a week, you go in a few days a week. So the whole office isn't full if it's a big office. And apparently, people who are over 70 are going to need to stay home still um, because they want to protect the older population and younger people as well. People under 18, they're really worried about the teenagers because teenagers are their, first of all, they're the most resistant to wearing face masks, they've said. And they're the ones who are, you know, most likely to say, I'm sorry, I have to spend time with my friends. I don't care. And you see it. I mean, I even see it in my little neighborhood, I see teenagers hanging out. And I'm like, you, are, you aren't all sisters. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so those are some of the things that are very, very likely. It's funny because, and I know everybody's thinking about this kind of stuff, but how much our relationship to each other on the street has changed. And when you were saying, I'm sure you're not all sisters, just made me think, oh, every time I'm out for a walk and I see multiple people together, 
I always look at them and try to find a family resemblance or something. <laughs> like, are they all living together? I mean, it's presumable that at least older teenagers, teenagers in college age, could be living in a house with four people that are not related. True. <laughs> but I, I was just listening to a different podcast, and, and one of my friends was on it as a guest, and he said that he finds that when he's out and about and somebody comes within five feet of him, because we're supposed to keep at least six feet of distance between us. He said somebody comes within five feet, he's like, they might as well pull out a weapon, you know. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) just recoils from each other. Honestly, I worry. I mean, I worry about Aurelio because he's so young to have this huge thing happen at this extremely young age, because when you're younger, I think things have much more of an impact. I think, I feel like, because you have so much less to compare it to. Like you don't have 40 years of regular life to compare this strange time to. It's easier to go back to regular life if you have a, you know, a long past. And so Claudio said, yeah, they were, Claudio takes him down into our courtyard to play every day. And he said this little boy, you know, really little, like maybe one and a half child who clearly doesn't understand what's going on, ran up to Aurelio and wanted to play with him. And Aurelio just said, stay away from me. He was like, you can't be this close to me. You have to go away. There's a virus. Oh my gosh. And because we explained to him what's going on because he needs to know because so many things have changed for him. What is he going to look back and remember about this? Or is it going to stay with him? Is he going to have this, is an aversion of people going to stay with him because it happened in such a formative time in his life Hmm, that's interesting yeah i mean he's right around that age when the first memories Mm -hmm. come about oh i think he'll remember this i think he'll remember this yes but yeah there's so many it's so it's so it's going to be so interesting to see the long-term social and cultural ramifications of this thing yes well do you want to tell everybody the really disturbing news (laughs) about italy that we yeah that i don't know is not proven but is definitely rumors and everybody who's who works in the italian tourist industry cover your ears take a deep (laughs) breath right now (laughs) take a deep breath if they do they probably have heard this already okay so as i said we're starting phase two in the near future probably may 4th maybe shortly thereafter but the scary thing is that phase two, we do not know how long it's going to last. And it could last. They're, te- they're kind of trying to prepare us for it. It's going to last for months. It's, gonna be, it's not going to be something that's going to be over by July. Mm-hmm. So it's very likely that it will last until the early fall at least. Maybe much longer. Okay. So this article that I read said that in this hypothesis plan that was put out by the government, or at least notes were taken in an official meeting, the borders, the international borders. Now, I think the Schengen borders, you know, the Schengen group, it's like the main part of Europe, main part. (laughs) That sounds bad. The Western part of Europe. (laughs) Sorry, England. (laughs) Oh, England. Well, that's their own business. Yeah, yeah. They they don't want to be part of it. I think those borders are still open, and I think they will remain open. But the international borders, like you can't come to Italy on a vacation right now. If you're in the United States or in Canada or in Australia, you just can't come. There's hardly any flights. I mean, you might be able to come, but the hotels are all closed. And I mean, it's just, it wouldn't work. But what I read was the international borders wouldn't be reopened until March of 2021. Yeah. That's terrifying to me. A, because does that mean I can't go out either? Like I can't go visit my family in the States? I mean, hey, Maybe I won't be able to go there because of what's going on in the United States. So it's not doesn't just depend on Italy. 
but I can't go anywhere either. But what's more scary is, is the idea of tourism on a personal level, <laughs> because my job and my husband's job both rely on tourism, but also on just the whole country's economic stability. It relies so heavily on tourism, like we've talked about, and it just trickles down to so many other areas from restaurants to shops to hotels to to even you know people who farmers and people who cultivate particularly vegetables and fish because a lot of people eat them more at restaurants than they do at home and just so many so many so many things tour guides of course I mean are like the first on the like the front lines museums not to mention like maintaining those old palatial estates that often are museums now yeah, it's so expensive just to maintain them that what happens without any kind of tourist dollars infusing it. Yeah, it's I have a hard time believing that 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 date is what they're going to keep to. I just feel like the economy would not survive. It's one thing for a couple of months, three months, four months, but like a year just seems excessive. Um, but they the government has said, if you're in the tourist business, just write off 2020, just write it off because you're not going to make any money. So, yeah, it's it's a little worrying. <laughs> um, I just remember, you know, how we've talked about before how things change so fast, even though sometimes time seems to be going so slow in other ways. I just feel like just a couple weeks ago, I was talking to one of my colleagues and, you know, saying, you know, hey, maybe we'll start working from home and we'll put out a May issue or maybe not May, but we'll put out a June issue for sure of our tourist magazine and it's like june there's not even if they open up the city for us and we can go into work there's not going to be any tourists to read the magazine so there's no point in putting it out yeah so right it's a little bit worrying i um yes i don't know they're saying you know don't book don't book italian holidays this summer so um, I don't, even if it's not March, I doubt it'll be any time this summer. I doubt there'll be tourists in Rome before September at the very earliest. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Because nobody aims to be there in August anyway. I mean, there are people who come in August. Families tend to come in August. Budget travelers tend to come in August. If they want to be there in the summer, they want to save a little money. It's a little bit cheaper in August. But the city's kind of dead in August anyway. But September and October are two of the biggest months. Like September and October have become like as high season as May and June. They're really popular times to come. And another scary thing, our school's going to reopen in September. Right. Yeah. That's what every parent over here is asking too. It's like, <laughs> oh, God. please, God Almighty, open the school again in September. <laughs> oh, I know. So given that you don't know whether or not the borders will be closed, and if that means that you will not be able to come visit your family for another year, let's say hypothetically, you're trapped there. Let's say that. Are you glad that you're trapped there rather than here, where all your family is? Here being the United States, for those of you who are new listeners, I'm in Seattle. Tiffany's in Rome. Um, You know, that's such a good question. I have talked with Claudio about if... I can't work. And if you can't work, because he's on, we're in kind of different situations. He's on vacation right now. Like he's been forced into his vacation. So all of the days that he has a vacation, which we were going to go to the States in September, that was our plan. Well, actually, we were planning to go this spring. And then we, when this whole thing happened, we're like, let's go in September. That'll be better. And he officially booked his vacation for September. Um, he's using that up right now. 
so he's not going to have any vacation. So I was like, if you're on vacation and I can't work and I'm on like a, it's a kind of unemployment, but it's, it's more of like a pause. I don't know. This doesn't exist in, in America right now, in, but in Italy, like if a company's going through like a very difficult financial period, they could put somebody on pause. So they're not coming into work, but they get a percentage of their salary. So that's what I am on now. The government pays it. So I'm like, if we buy, neither of us are working, seriously, we should go, we should go into, I mean, wouldn't it be nice? We didn't, I didn't say we should, but wouldn't it be nice to be lounging around the pool in Arizona right now, instead of being stuck in four rooms in a Roman suburb where thank the Lord we have a terrace and thank the Lord we have a courtyard, but it would be nice. It would, because when I'm in Arizona, quite frankly, all I want to do is lounge around the house. It's comfortable. My mom makes amazing food. We do barbecues. We hang out. We watch TV. We eat ice cream. We have guacamole. We play in the pool. We get in the hot tub. It's just kind of like a vacation. I mean, it is. It's a vacation. I mean, yes, we will go and do fun things. And, and it would be sad. It would be a shame if we couldn't do anything at all, like go to an aquarium or something for Aurelio. But it would be nice just to be hanging out there. If I have to hang out somewhere, you know, the more square footage, the better. Mm -hmm. And the more people, the better when it comes to passing Aurelio around so you could actually work. Yes, seriously, my mom would be thrilled. But, you know, we can't, obviously, we can't do it for numerous reasons. There's so many reasons. Number one, we can't risk, you know, my mom and my stepdad who are older, although my mom and my stepdad recently have decided that they already had it. Great. (laughs) They got really, really, really sick on a cruise to Australia at the tail end of December, early January. They got really sick. My stepfather thought he was dying because he couldn't breathe. You know, they were really sick for, for a while. They think they might have had it, but we don't know that. So, you know, we can't go and risk them. Plus, the flight would just be, I don't want to bring my kid on a 16, whatever it is, 13-hour flight. He's got delicate lungs himself. and Let's say you didn't have to travel, though. Let's just say... You know, circumstances were different, and a year and a half ago, you and your family decided to move to Arizona, and now you're stuck there. You know, so like circumstantially, like Derek and I kind of lucked out by having moved to Seattle in July, really so that we out. were not stuck in the really extremely small apartment that we had in San Francisco. Like we're in a slightly bigger space, so we got lucky just in timing. So let's just say hypothetically. Yeah, I think. It- it all depends on like, do I get to live in my mom's house or not? <laughs> I only want to be there if I'm at my if mom's you're living house. in a little apartment in yeah, Arizona, no. not as much fun. No. If I was yeah. live with my mom, because it's not just about the house. It's about being with my mom too and spending quality time with her and having her get bonding time with Aurelio. Yeah, I think I would pick Arizona. Hmm. Quite frankly, I would. Interesting. Because what am I absorbing of Italian culture right now? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I'm in my house. I'm not going to museums. I'm not going to even the parks. I can't see the nature. I can't eat the food. Yeah. So there's yeah, no so point, what's the point? being in yeah. Italy. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting um, with you saying that the, in the things that they reopened first, bookstores and children's clothing. I don't know. Does that say anything about the Italian culture? That's sort of an interesting two shops to open first. I know. I know. It is. I get the children's clothing. I really get that. Because you need clothes for kids because they grow and they wear them out. Books, I mean, I'm happy. I like that. I like that what that says about Italians, that they read a lot. Although I don't think Italians are huge readers as a culture. I think Americans are bigger readers maybe. But um, maybe they think, you know, people are stuck inside. They need books. Give, pe- give the people the books. 
Yeah, I don't know if I told you that I'm, I know this one librarian that works at the Seattle Central Library mm-hmm. who, when he's normally at work, does a weekly read a story aloud to adults at lunchtime. People bring their lunches and he sits and reads them a story. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> it's very cute. But he posted, right when this was all happening, he posted a picture of the library shelves in the Seattle Central Public Library once people got the wind that the library system was closing down and it looked like the it looked like the grocery stores they've been ransacked <laughs> you know just like <laughs> just a few books left tipped over and spilling on their sides on the shelves and everything else was gone <laughs> it was just, i kind of love that i do too i thought that was pretty funny very seattle but yeah i don't know i don't know i'm trying to think what other shop a toy store <laughs> sorry that sounds bad but i'm like open the toy stores <laughs> But no, we don't want a lot of kids in a small enclosed space shopping. One of our listeners, Barbara, who lives in South Africa, wrote to us, has written, we, we've been writing back and forth a couple of days now. And one of the things that she said really surprised me and Derek and I were talking about it yesterday about whether or not it was a good idea. Hang on, I'm trying to find it. Okay, so she's, so this is the lockdown in South Africa. And she said... No cigarettes or alcohol can be bought during the lockdown, which I think is a good thing. We have a huge problem with violence, especially alcohol-fueled violence. So the hospital's ER are reporting a reduction in treating injuries as a result of drunken brawls. And (laughs) Derek and I, wow, can you imagine if you were a smoker? I mean, Italy is full of smokers. Can you imagine if all of a sudden the government's like, you're on lockdown and nobody can buy any cigarettes? Yeah. I feel like people would hit the wall. And and Derek's like, I think it's kind of smart. I mean, you're basically forcing the entire country to quit smoking. Kind of interesting in a way. It's interesting. But it's one of those things where like, how far can you go in controlling someone else and what they do with their body? I'm totally against smoking, as you well know. But on the other hand, it's nobody's right to force you to quit. I don't know. I can't imagine. I mean, it's already hard enough to be stuck inside, to be stuck inside and not be able to smoke if you're addicted to it. Yeah, that would send people to the insane asylum, maybe. Um, drinking. I mean, people are making so many jokes about how much they're drinking over here in the United yeah. States. I don't know about <laughs> over there, but but for the, all the people who are complaining about this lockdown, imagine that as a circumstance. I, I don't agree with Derek. I mean, I totally see his point. And it would be great for the public good, for the public health. I mean, you know, hospitals do not just drunken brawls, but, you know, they're treating people for smoking and drinking related diseases. And, you know, it would be great if that were cut down, then it would help the whole health system. But on the other hand, you can't force people to quit. That was funny. I was texting with a friend the other day and a and we were setting up a, a quarantini, as they're now called, you know, a happy hour. And we were trying to figure out what time to do it. And I said, well, I don't know. How early are you drinking these days? And he's like, noon. He's like, four o'clock, but I could do earlier. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do any earlier than four o'clock. Katie, you know, it's after five here. You want to pop open a bottle of wine? <laughs> what time is it where you are? Yeah, while we're recording. <laughs> it's not even 9 a.m. where Katie is, so. Yeah, I think I'm uh, I'm not even done with my pot of tea here. I think I'll... <laughs> 
You could just lace it. <laughs> lace it with, what would you lace a pot of tea with? Rum? I don't even know. Uh, that's a good brandy? question. Some, yeah, maybe brandy. <laughs> I don't have any brandy. If I, if I was going to lace anything, I'd make a cup of coffee and pour a bunch of Baileys in it because that's oh, all I've got. So. Right. <laughs> it'd be like Christmas morning, which is the only time we ever drink that is Christmas morning. So do you guys, the American news has been so full of, is the president going to take control of phase two? Is he going to leave it up to the governors? Is he going to reopen the country? Is he not? He changes his mind every day. What are you hearing in Seattle, where you are, at least in your state, about when you guys are going to go into phase two and what that's going to look like? That's the thing is like every single day with Trump is like, you know, a different wave comes to shore and you're just like, what the heck is going It's on? like a two-year-old's temper tantrums. And his main objective seems to be avoiding blame for this. So mm-hmm. not that this show is political, but it is a very scary thing to be in the middle of a pandemic and have a leader that um, does not seem to care yeah. at the basic level for human life <clears throat> other than his own reputation. So that's just how he comes across to me. <laughs> As far as Washington state is concerned, our governor has said that he's going to make a scientifically informed decision and changes will be coming. But, you know, he's going to wait until he has as much data as possible. And your lockdown is officially on until what? End of April, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. End of April, uh, early May. It's probably May 4th, too. I bet it's the same. You know, may the 4th be with you. Maybe that's why they picked that date, you think? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Just for all the Star Wars fans out there. Uh, no, maybe it did get extended to May 15th, now that I'm thinking about it. I don't remember. Honestly, I've been trying to ignore the news the last two days because I have not been getting enough work done. <laughs> and so yeah. I'm really trying to take a couple days off. Good. I do find that if I wake up and I read it first thing in the morning, it derails the whole day. Yeah. So I'm now, if not trying to avoid it completely i am at least trying to not really read it until later in the day later like when i'm already too tired to work on stuff okay that's a good idea then i'll read it no i can't say i always stick to that but i try i'm not turning on my phone until 11 a.m now oh that's good i mean i will go on my computer and write but i even try not to check my email on my computer and definitely don't check the news at least until 11 a.m. And that feels great. And I, and I forget about it. You know, we've talked about this in recent episodes. You can check out episode addiction, I think it's called, when I talk about my cell phone addiction. Yeah. It's a big deal for me. Spend three or four or more hours in the day not even thinking about my phone, not even remembering it, much less looking at it, just not even thinking about it. It's really heartening for yes. me. That's good. Congratulations. That's real progress. Thank you. I mean, you follow American news, so that's part of your problem. Yeah, because I have to follow two countries' news. Yeah, I really do feel like it. it's stressful everywhere in the world. but it's No, it, it, America's worse. It's very stressful because we don't have a good and clear leadership. You don't have a leader. You don't have a leader. I'm sorry. I don't. We don't usually get political on the show, but... You don't have a leader. Like we have, I talked about it in one of our first coronavirus episodes. We have our prime minister who, he hasn't even been around that long. I don't think I'd ever seen his face until until he started doing these, you know, coronavirus briefings. You know, regardless of his politics, it doesn't seem to be a factor in what he's doing right now. You just, he gets on there, he talks and it's like, 
We're all in this together. We're going to make this happen. This is going to be hard, but we're going to do it together because we have to. And this is, you know, even if you don't agree, even if you're like, I have to go to work because I'm my business, you still have this calming sense of like someone is looking out for me. Someone is consulting with scientists and consulting with people who understand and making informed, rational, caring decisions. And you guys don't have that. And it's hard. It's really hard. And it's interesting, too, because it's very unpopular with the ultra-right, but some of the news organizations have stopped carrying his press conferences because they can't fact-check him in real time. And so much of what he says when they fact-check it against other factors, even what he said before, is not true. And by, like, live-airing these conferences... Of course, it gets in that debate of, are they censoring him? Well, no, because they are reporting on what he said after the fact, making sure they don't put something that's dangerous out there, you know, because a couple people have died from some of the drug combinations he said prevent it. And, and so news organizations have really had to ask hard questions about what what their responsibility is to protect people and also inform them. And that's also kind of a strange position for them to be in because usually, you know, the president speaks and you want to be able to air it. It's just, it became that too many of the things he was saying were getting people sick. So that's kind of scary to be in a country where you just feel exactly like you said, you feel like nobody's got the reins and you hope that somebody's got the reins that, and, and at least at least in Washington state, we feel like our governor is talking with experts and is going to do the best that he can. I mean, I feel good about that. Thank goodness. All right. So let's, to end, let's stray away from the politics for a moment. Because yes, we want to talk about this, but we also don't want to just talk about this on this show. And so I've been thinking about what else we could do. So like, as I mentioned, we're going to do a walking tour of Rome next week, which will be super fun. Complicated to edit, yes, but worth it in the end because we all need an adventure. (laughs) Uh, But yesterday I was looking at Instagram and one of our listeners, Gracie, I happened to notice in one of her photos that she had a lamp that was covered in buttons or pins, collectible pins. And it's not the focus of the picture. It's just in the side, you know, in the side of the picture. So I wrote to her and I'm like, look at that collection of pins. Oh my gosh. So we had a little dialogue back and forth. And it made me think that we should talk about collections. (gasps) I thought it would be really fun since we're all just stuck with our stuff. And especially now when we can't really be collecting, I thought it would be fun to talk about collections, but I thought it would be even more fun if listeners submitted voice memos about Again, their name, where they are, what they have a collection of, and why do they have a collection of that stuff. (laughs) That's a great idea. I love it. It would be fun, yeah. So if you have a collection of any kind, big or small, short or large, I don't know, (laughs) heavy or light, send us a voice memo. Send it to us, yeah. To bittersweetlife at mail.com, bittersweetlife at mail.com. You could even attach a picture if you wanted. The easiest way is just... Open your voice recorder on your phone. Most phones come with a basic voice recorder and just record it. And then there should be a little arrow somewhere on it where you can just email it. Send it directly to us at bittersweetlifeatmail.com. Yes. And so that will be a fun show to look forward to, too. I'm always fascinated by the kind of stuff people collect and how it came to be. (laughs) The fact that I collect uh, espresso cups and I don't drink espresso. Yes. We'll get into that. That's a weird one right there. (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, so we'll aim to do that in the next couple of weeks. So if you're sitting in your house right now and you think, oh, I have collections of 14 different things, feel free to send it to us. But give us your name, where you are in the world, and what you collect and why. And we'll put a show together. Fun. So yeah, we'll leave it at that happy note. I guess we won't be collecting any Italian postcards anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you can go back and explore our sizable archives and have a virtual trip to Rome. Next week, we'll do a, a true virtual walk through Rome. But we have a lot of episodes in which we, we take to the streets of Rome back in our archives. So you can look for those. Yes. And you can start planning what your adventure will be when this is all over. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Lori Lee Elliott for her help managing The Bittersweet Life on YouTube and to Sarah Johnson for her consultation. Our logo is made by Jody Rick at the Lost Laboratory with painting assistance by our muse, Caravaggio. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for The Bittersweet Life Podcast. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show. That way we're here for you every week, both on Monday and now on Thursday. And if you review us on Apple Podcasts, we'll be grateful for you. Send us your topic ideas, questions, and voice memos. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or at the contact us page at thebittersweetlife.net.